The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Psalm 23, verse 1. Hey everybody, I'm Chris Dowd. I'm Stephanie Reed Meyer. And this is Off Script, a podcast where every week we take a deeper dive on last Sunday's sermon, talk about the theology behind it, and get a chance to discuss anything that ended up on the cutting room floor. And this week we are talking about Top of the Charts Week 2, also known as the week that we stole one of the performers from Modern Worship. You're welcome. Much to Stephanie's chagrin, because now everyone in traditional wants Paris on the regular in, tradi- in uh, traditional. You know how they could find Paris on the regular? <laughs> Come over to Modern! <laughs> they could do that. Yeah, that's true. She did a terrific job. She the did. S- the song was great. She sounded great. She's got a great voice. She does, really. Yeah. And a good presence. Yes, she really does. Mm-hmm. Also, she had a new hair color on Sunday. Yes, she did. <laughs> Surprise! My, my, Nothing my... like the few days before. <laughs> <laughs> well, well like, so, okay. A little behind the... Behind the curtain here so i wear contacts on sunday mornings mm-hmm. but my regular glasses are like progressive lenses mm-hmm. so he has to back off a little bit on the distance in order for me to be able to read my bible with uh readers yeah so my sermon is no problem i can make that whatever font i want but i have to have readers on for the bible so that, that means at a distance i can't really see mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like at the back of the room or mm-hmm. whatever so when i walked into uh the chancel on sunday and I saw Paris sitting over there. I'm like, who? And then, you know, like eight o'clock in the morning on a Who's Sunday. Who's this like, woman? Jeez, <laughs> does she need prayer? Like, is this a, does she need something? Like, does she need bus fare or something? Like, what's going on? Not and, based on what she looked like, just he did not know I who didn't she recognize was her. In that I was, space. Yes, exactly. It's, it's unusual <laughs> that you would see, uh, you know, a random person at eight o'clock in the sanctuary. No, it was her. And then my mom emailed me and said, her hair is so much longer. Is that true? Has her I hair mean, gotten longer? People's hair grows, so it has grown Why over the sassy? time. The question is: Is it significantly longer than it used to I'm be? I'm not being sassy, Chris's mom. I'm so sorry. She's listening. Um, it is longer than it has been. <laughs> that was your next question. Yes. Is it longer than it has way, been? Is that way? It is way longer. Growth works. <laughs> but it looks like she's. Is she wearing it longer? Like, what's going on? Yeah, you know. I don't know. You don't know. I don't know. Why am I asking you these questions? Uh, This is why I don't get haircuts often because I know everybody will talk about it (laughs) on Sundays. Uh, Also, I know that Chris can't see on Sunday mornings because I'm like, hey, do you know that couple over there in the middle of the service? He's like, I can't see them. I'm like, on the front row. (laughs) No, I'm good. uh, Like, about halfway back, I can make out faces pretty easily. But uh, every once in a while, Whitney and the boys will like move around the sanctuary and it. You think they're not there. It's kind of my comfort zone to know where they are. So I'm, you know, I'm squinting. It's like I'm. Did you ask them, please sit in one spot because it's very (laughs) distracting. Please sit from the, like halfway down to the front. Where my vision goes. (laughs) Where I can actually see you. Yes. Where I can make out your faces. Oh gosh. Off to a great start this morning. What are we talking about? Oh yeah. So you had your high school friends over in. This is not true. The high women. This is not true. And I had, we did Stephanie Gretzinger. Y'all did. Mm-hmm. And, tra- and traditional. Here's a side note. So we stopped calling them my high school friends. <laughs> the high women are made up of four country music singers and writers mm. who formed together because they built these relationships once they started asking questions like, why aren't more women played on country music radio? Interesting. So one of them's Brandy Carlisle. Okay. 
Um, and one of them's Maren Morris, who are like very, very well known. Huh. Um, and then two are more like writers. But then they've also had um, a few like people you would recognize do stuff too. Like Cheryl Crow has been on one of theirs. Really? Songs. Now you're speaking my generation's language. Yep. And there's someone else. I don't do country music very often, so I can't tell you who it is. Uh, but so they are real people out in the world right, standing up for the women. Yes. And good. because we didn't have pa- Paris, Mason sang the song on behalf of the women. It's kind of funny. <laughs> a lady emailed me afterwards, and she, a woman in our, who I'm friends with, and she was like, it was so powerful that they all came together and formed this. And she was like, it kind of stinks that then Mason had to sing it. <laughs> Mason did a great job, but it yeah. did kind of discount the point I was making. <laughs> you do what you do. Okay. <laughs> There's so, probably an Aggie joke in there somewhere. No, can't I imagine. I've never heard of what even Aggie jokes <laughs> are. Uh, so, Chris, talking about your sermon, yes. let's start with the elephant yes. in the room. Why you got to do modern <laughs> worship so dirty at the beginning of your sermon? And what are you referring to, if anybody didn't listen to it? Uh, so you say that you thought modern <laughs> worship was less refined um, and that it was more like watery, old, communal coffee. Yeah, that was a good line, too, by the way. Yeah, so my follow-up question is, your coffee illustration's great. Would you say that some modern music can be considered yeah. refined, carefully chosen, single-origin, fair trade, organic Fresh, roasted, and delivered right to your door, coffee beans. Yeah. Which is what you say traditional music is. I said. Even though our opening hymn was four verses long that took 30 minutes to sing. Yeah. <laughs> I love to tell the whole story. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to cut any parts of that. That was a long hymn. It's beautiful. Long. Uh, brown yeah. water. The brown yes. water. Yes. Of questionable strength. Yeah. <laughs> so if we've I, lost you, just go stop no, right now here, and listen to the, the sermon. Here's the deal. What I said was that was my old bias. That's mm-hmm. what I used to think mm-hmm. about the whole Seven Eleven contemporary music thing. You know, Seven Eleven. I didn't. I don't times. understand the Seven Eleven thing that you said. Someone explained it to me. I mean, somebody like came through the line and said, "I used to refer to these as Seven Eleven songs." So seven words repeated eleven times. That, <laughs> that used to be the old. I was like, "What does this have to do with a gas station? Free slushies? <laughs> free?" Did I, I say that at the nine forty-five? Yeah, you said Seven Eleven, and I was like, "What is that?" Huh, yeah, that's funny. That was for. I mean, that was I was connecting with my people. <laughs> you <laughs> also were missing a lot of demographics. <laughs> but hey, shout I, out. <laughs> so anyway, to your question, what I the point of that whole section was I was totally wrong about modern music because mm-hmm. some of it's actually very, uh, not some of it, much of it is very sophisticated. Now there's, you know, there are artists, uh, many artists. Frankly, Stephanie Gretz and everybody in that group who come from a more conservative tradition, and so. Some of the, you know, theology, especially around atonement, is not in my wheelhouse, some of it. But a lot of it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like even some songs that have a little theological red flags, other parts can really speak to you. Yeah. It's the same with hymns, too. There are some lines of hymns right. where I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. oh what are we singing hey, together? If you're, if, you t- if, you, if you're getting me bloody and it's not Good Friday, right. um, I'm real tentative <laughs> like, about could that. Could we have skipped this verse? I don't know. Right. So it goes both ways. So I actually feel like this whole sermon was kind of a shout out to modern work, modern music. I think it could be too. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of those things that even though you're talking about these like old ideas you had, it's not like you're planting that in people's heads. <laughs> right. No, no. <laughs> they, I think they already think that. Correct. <laughs> right. Yes, uh, exactly. So what's your all-time favorite hymn? Uh-huh. Um, I gave this to him in advance, P.S., so he could have prepared. 
I started to say, come as you are. That's Nirvana. That's not my favorite hymn. My favorite hymn is, come thou fount of every blessing. Come thou fount of every blessing. Mm-hmm. And then another um, very high up there on the list hymn would be Marching to Zion. I love Marching to Zion. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I have some, but I don't know what they are. So well, what? No, you don't get off the hook that easy. Yeah, I just wish I knew titles of hymns. Well, They're always the so long, so I don't know. They're not always so long. The hymn titles? Oh, sometimes, yeah. Yeah, it's like the first line of the song. I'll pray about it and get back to y'all. Mm. This will be what I owe y'all for next week mm. is my favorite homework. hymn. Uh, what's your all-time favorite worship song? So i got a lot on that list that are fantastic. Come as you are. Uh, come on. We sang it last week in okay. Modern Worship. Wait, so not the Nirvana song? Not the Nirvana. It's <laughs> the, the same mo- title, it's the same so title. it's very yeah, okay, confusing. Okay, yeah, yeah. The modern, okay. The, yeah, that's a great song. Out of hiding would be up there. Speak. Have you heard that one? No, I don't think so. It's Bethel. Okay. Uh, a lot of the stuff by um, that Australian band, Hillsong. What a Beautiful Name. Yeah. It's kind of old school of you. That's all, that's what all courtesy of Mason. What a beautiful name. <laughs> that's how I sing it. <laughs> okay. It's all, uh, it's all the courtesy of Mason. Also, I gave a shout out to Mason. Big, big shout did. out to Mason. You yeah. did. I think Paris was like, he talked about Mason. I was like, he also talked about you a lot. You kept shouting her out. Yeah. This is how they work. They I'm fight each jealous. other. Yes. Dad's talking about you. Exactly. That's oh, how our Monday night meeting, worship <laughs> meeting went. Uh, so my favorite worship song is called Build My Life by I, House so Fires. I, I was fixing to say Build My Life. Yeah, and I song. mostly like it because the bridge, it's I will build my life upon your love. It is a found, firm foundation. I just love that. Stand in your love. Great song. Oh, also good. Uh, let's see, look, look, let me look at my Jesus music playlist here. <laughs> uh, we have several. Look at our show notes for a link to Chris's Jesus Jam yeah, playlist. Behold. Jams. Oh, I love that song. Behold. Do it again. Oh, Elevation. do it again. Great yeah. song. We sing that a lot. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that's why I learned from Mason. <laughs> let's see. How He Loves. Great song. David Crowder. You Make Me Forever. Brave. Love You Make Me Brave. Oh, interesting. Gosh, I love that song. Um, is that Nicole Nordeman? That is Bethel Music. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Hillsong did a great one for Christmas called Seasons. You heard that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love that song. We we did it. Yeah. We did, so there's, we did my, that. I mean, there's, you know, I, it's easy for folks in traditional worship, and I'm just going to say it, I'm just going to put them on blast right now. <laughs> is that what the kids say? Put them on blast? Please do okay. this. Put everyone on blast. <laughs> to forget that all that stuff was new at one point. Right? right. I mean, Charles Wesley's innovation was that he set Christian lyrics to old bar songs because they were catchy. Exactly. Everyone knew the tune. Now, uh, this is breaking news. What was catchy in 1782? Is it still catchy? <laughs> the tune's not necessarily Word. still catchy. Right? And that's why I think it is important. <laughs> hymns stand, like no doubt. Mm. Hymns are powerful. But there's also to something... There's something to reaching people where they are. That's the reason we're doing this series, right? 100%. So modern music, it makes sense that music changes and adapts. So I did one of the four weeks as a Christian song. Yeah. You, it's kind of cheating. Did you I do did that? not. Okay. But I mean, Leon Bridges is kind of That one, yeah. And really, right? Beyonce's spirit is like okay. pretty spiritually yeah. too. Yeah, so yeah. It's Lion King, so wouldn't say it's Christian necessarily, but... Oh. Animals. Oh, okay. The new from the new Lion King. Yeah, the live action. The live that's action. what I call it. Is that yeah. right? No, I mean that's what we call it, but it's definitely not what it was. <laughs> oh, because they weren't real because live. They weren't really talking. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Jungle Book live action. Yeah. Yeah. Animation I mean, realism. realism. Animation realism. They're real people. No, no people <laughs> like. King. I, I was watching. Uh, 
Do you, do you watch John Oliver? Uh, occasionally. Oh, God. Yeah. So it, he's so funny to me. But <laughs> it, was, well, it was an episode. I'm getting caught up on old episodes because I just realized we had HBO Max. It's a, it's a, it's Surprise. A long, yeah. uh, and so there was one where he was like reading <laughs> – he was reading fake letters to him from fake kids. And That's a lot of fake in it. <laughs> and what he said, and at the end she says, the new Zazu is much better than the, old, the original Zazu. Thank you, Sadie, or whatever. <laughs> so that's Lion, King, Lion King connection. Hilarious. Yep. It was. It made me laugh very, very hard. <laughs> Confessions. Okay, so Chris, the song that you cover of Stephanie Gretzinger, hmm. Out of Hiding, I find it particularly interesting because it's written from God's perspective, yeah. which is rare. Yeah. And it sometimes can feel weird singing yeah. that as a worship song, yeah. like, oh, I think I'm God. I'm going to sing this. Huh. So what do you think is powerful about that like role reversal? So what I what I love about it is it's an, I didn't actually talk about that angle of it. Yeah. Lord, the 23rd Psalm is us to God, out of hiding is God to us, because there's only so much time to, in a sermon, right? But Cutting room floor. <clears throat> Yeah, so um, what I love about that song is it, it deals directly with the issues of guilt and shame, like the things that we think make us unworthy. God's like, no, it's fine. First of all, I already know it. Second of all, just come on home. It's fine. And I just that song has just always been super powerful for me for that specific reason. So whatever you, whatever you think um, would be unacceptable to me, it's actually not unacceptable to me because I took care of all that. <laughs> all that was – there's a great line in Colossians where Paul, the author – it's not Paul, but the author says uh, he set this aside, nailing it to the cross. All the stuff I, – I, I just – I love that line because – and it's the same kind of thing. So whatever it is you think that's keeping you from me, that really is all in your head. <laughs> Did you quote Colossians on Easter too? I quoted Galatians oh, on Easter. Man. I thought you were on a roll. I mean, but the Gal- the Galatians thing about it's no longer I who live, but it's right. him who lives in me. Like, uh, listen, there's a reason that Paul is so influential. <laughs> it's because he articulated these very complicated theological concepts in a way that are, that's so memorable and cut right to the point of, of what grace is all about. And um, how many... How many worship songs or hymns are from the perspective of God? I don't know, but I think it's a limited amount. I, mean, I can't think of that. Um, no. I know there are a few. That's good. There are not many of not them. Many. And so yeah, I think unique. that in and of itself mm-hmm. makes it mm-hmm. impactful. Also, I just think that sometimes we need to be reminded that God speaks to us too, you know? Yeah. So worship music for sure, worship is about us giving something back to God. Uh-huh. But in that same sense, we're receiving yeah. something yeah, too. Yeah, so in uh, the song I do with the high women, it's called Crowded Table. And I talk about a piece at the end. So they sing, the door is always open. Your picture's on my wall. Everyone's a little broken and everyone belongs. And I told them, I like to imagine God saying that mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. And so I think that mm-hmm. sometimes reframing things is mm-hmm. helpful. Yeah. Um, and then I encourage all of us to live that way too but i told them that their photos were not on my wall because that would be creepy (laughs) that was the one joke i got in all right thank you did they laugh Uh, sort of i left out the other joke i had afterwards i was like jake did i skip a whole page of my sermon he was like no i followed it i was like dang it i forgot the one funny bit i put in i just (laughs) skipped right over it did you really this happens sometimes 
What was it? It was too late to go back into it. I was like, you know, the church, the... <laughs> no, I can't do it. It's going to sound so dumb. <laughs> Uh, the church, these first believers at Rome, they weren't fighting over what temperature to put the air conditioner on okay. or whose turn it is to do the dishes. Uh-huh. They're talking about deep doctrine. And I just went into the deep, like theological. You skipped I all that. skipped the light part. <laughs> it was very funny. It changed the whole trajectory of the sermon. Okay. So, Chris. Then, so that was not intentionally left on the cutting room floor. No, it was unintentional. Right. It was a skipped over paragraph or on, on the manuscript. Uh, now people aren't even going to hear the message mm. because if they missed my funny joke. Okay. Also, my definition of joke is pretty <laughs> loose. <laughs> Clearly. So let's talk about the psalm you use. Mm. You've already talked a little bit about it. Also, P.S., John Foreman has a great modern worship song mm. called The House of God Forever. Beautiful. Haven't listened to it. Listen to it. So it's about Psalm 23. Actually, it's just singing the words of Psalm 23. Hmm. So talk us through the psalm and how Out of Hiding connects with it. Hmm. And you did a little bit, the back and forth, that this is God talking to us and psalm is us talking to God. Yeah, yeah. Or the psalmist. Yeah, so, I mean, I did kind of a literary analysis on it. Like in Hebrew poetry, there are certain stylistic choices that authors make that make literary and theological points. Mm Mm-hmm. So in this case, and this is such a familiar psalm, plus we're not used to reading Hebrew poetry, that we kind of overlook this. Never read Hebrew. <clears throat> but there's an inclusio, which means something that is repeated at the begin, beginning and end of a, of a passage or a text, in this case a psalm. And that's that the Lord opens the psalm and ends the psalm. So that functions to basically surround the psalmist, hmm. which is interesting. And then 26... Precisely 26 letters from the beginning and the end of the psalm in Hebrew, not in English. Yeah, I was like, what? Uh, but so if you, you know, if you were to yeah, count yeah. that off, right in the middle is the phrase, uh, for you are with me. So it's this notion that God is with us all the time. The Lord who surrounds us is also walks with us even through the valley of the shadow of death and even in the presence of our enemies. So it's about, it's about companionship. It's about this, um, I mean, the word in the commentaries is intimacy which also shows up in Out of Hiding. Mm-hmm. No need to be frightened of intimacy is what Stephen Gretzinger wrote. And because like, the only reason you would be frightened of intimacy with God is if you felt like you had something to hide, <laughs> which is the whole point of the psalm, of the song rather, is to right. come out of hiding. Yeah. Um, and so thematically, those things connect really closely. Psalm 23 ends up being a, a hymn that we most closely associate with funerals, I think. Absolutely. Because of walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, my boys and my wife wanted me to do Gangster's Paradise. <laughs> that was a missed so opportunity. I the valley of the shadow of you death. You know Weird Al has a cover of that. That doesn't surprise me. And y'all both have the Weird Al connection, yes? Yeah. Through your spouses? Yours is your dad, right, Ashley? Oh, your dad. Dad, dad. There's some man in your life that I I know exactly what song you're talking about. That is Amish Paradise. Amish. Living in an Amish paradise. That is awful. So you could have done that. (laughs) Same premise. Uh, Is no, no, it's not. That's offensive. It's not. (laughs) Offensive to who? The Amish. The Amish. All right. They're not listening to this. <laughs> we don't. We don't have a big Amish audience. It's true. I don't know how they would listen. Um, okay, cool. <laughs> Anything else? About that <laughs> no, I think that's. I think I've adequately answered your <laughs> question. <laughs> Thank you for your answer. 
<laughs> so there's this personal element of Psalm mm-hmm. 23. The psalmist claims God is their shepherd. Yeah. My shepherd. Talk about that. It's the only place in the Bible that phrase is. In appears. the entire Bible? The entire scripture. How do you know that? Commentaries. Interesting. Plus, I've read the Bible. And I remember right where it said my shepherd. I have excellent memory. So it just talks about like as a shepherd. Yeah, it's yeah. Like There's plenty of generic. shepherd in- imagery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The author's talking about God as shepherd. In Ezekiel, um, the king is the shepherd, which is an allegory for God. Obviously, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Right. But it's never my. But it's never. Interesting. And that makes sense when you think about it because, I mean, that is a very, I mean, it's kind of bold. <laughs> so, I mean, we're talking about the omnipotent omniscient, omnipresent, all good creator of the universe that we're just going to like call our shepherd. Right. I don't know. His, his role is, God's role is bigger than that. So I just thought that was really fun trivia. And really personal, right? And the Bible nerds in the congregation said, well, what do you mean? What about Jesus? I said, yes, it's there, but it's not my the disciple calling Jesus my shepherd. Right. It's often Jesus saying, I am this, or I am like a shepherd who does this. Right. That's kind of fun. It is fun. Fun trivia because it's it's a very it's a very like the the relationship between a shepherd and the sheep is is a like an, an intimate one in terms of like connection and closeness and proximity and all those things that we don't necessarily think of God as being or certainly in the Old Testament they didn't. Yeah. I mean, in the Jewish tradition, you don't even say you don't even spell out God's name. Right. Right. So, yeah, I, I thought that was really fun. Yeah. It reminds me of when Hagar calls God, God. Yeah. It's the first time. Names God. Right. Right. And she, but yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's powerful. It like, is. It's, uh, there's something to naming God in yes, this way. Yes. And so for the psalmist to do that, it's not just a reflection of what it means to be a shepherd, but it's also just this boldness mm-hmm. in claiming God as that. No need to be frightened of intimacy. Love it. Full Full circle. Your favorite line from the Gretzinger song, mm-hmm. and I think it's my favorite line too, is, mm-hmm. and as you run, what hindered love will only become a part of the story. What does this lyric yeah, mean yeah. to you? So it's interesting because when I was going through the, the sermon with Whitney, she interprets that a little differently than I do. Mm-hmm. I, I read it as the worst thing you can think of in yourself, the thing that keeps you hiding from God. Yeah. Is just part of who you are, not the most important part, not the dominant part, not the not the one that God cares the most about. It's just part of your story, and I I just I think that's awesome. And the whole the whole narrative arc of the song is just really powerful to me, and it ends there. I mean, she that's not the end; it's near the end. And this kind of refrain that she repeats over and over again. How does Whitney interpret it? Let's see. She told me, and it was really good. But yeah, you listened. Very closely. Uh, well, it was on Saturday afternoon, and I was trying to get in my own headspace, and I was trying to talk myself. I, I don't trying, really care what you think. I was trying not to think, oh, my gosh, maybe I need to rewrite Okay, that. we'll ask Whitney what she thinks. Yeah. Well, she listens to the podcast, so I'm okay. sure she's saying right now out loud, this is what I meant, Chris. You um, didn't listen. Oh, I certainly, I certainly did, but it was, like, it was like, we'll have to ask her. Okay, cool. Because I do think that can hit that lyric can hit you in different ways. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of how I interpret it. And I think it is that like even the bad in our life is still part of our story. And that in hindsight, looking back on it, it'll be so impactful. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't just disappear. Like it's who it's what made us here. It doesn't have to define us anymore. So your emphasis there, I think that's kind of what Witt said too, is um, like the emphasis is it's still part of yeah, the story. Yeah, yeah. And my emphasis is on only 
Right. Right. I wonder if... That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's and I wonder the if, difference. If how you hear that is reflective of the worst part of you. Like if, you're, if you really want to minimize that worst part, yes. then it's the only that is the most important. And if it's... Um, that, that's... Uh, that's that's right. worth unpacking some more. Everybody but, write in. Tell us how you <laughs> interpret this lyric. <laughs> regardless. Including you, Winnie. <laughs> regardless, it's both part of the story and only part of the story. Yeah, yeah. But what hinders love is not God. No. It's us. Yeah, and I think that that is interesting, too, because some people really do want their whole slates wiped clean. They're like, I just want to die mm. to that old me. Mm. Whereas other people may be like, yeah, that's for sure not me anymore, mm. but there's something to that. Mm -hmm. So it's also just kind of a perspective thing too. and depends on what you've gone through and how you've yeah. dealt with it right, right. personally. Um, so we all have those things. Some are little, some are big. Uh, so what are some, I love to think of like practical things we can take away mm -hmm. from the sermon. So what are some ways we can work on coming out of hiding? Yeah, I think I mean, the short answer to that for, for me is showing up, like yeah. showing up with God and showing up with the community. I think it's both. If you're in hiding from God, that just means you're not going to engage with God, right? That means you're not going to pray. You're not going to invite God to be part of your life. And if you, if you are a shame-based person, then that's out of fear for what God might have to say to you. But what God clearly says in Methodist theology, the witness of the canon, Jesus's teaching, this song is that no, it's fine. I mean, sure, all of us have stuff that we need to turn away from, probably, and things that we need to correct or be, be more obedient in some ways to right. the teachings of God. But that's just part of being an imperfect human being. And so I really think it's about showing up. Yeah. yeah how about you? So showing up like to church, to, and to prayer, fellowship, to the, the relationship with God in yeah. many different ways. Yeah. And I think that is a way we combat that hiddenness because I think when we are combating it, maybe it's, maybe shame is part of it and we just feel like we've already messed up so much, like we can't possibly. So I think our message at the church, at least at this congregation, is that all people are welcome. Mm -hmm. We, we don't care about your baggage. We may not be as great at overlooking it as God is, but we're going to do our best. Right. That's our calling. Right. Um, and so knowing that you are always welcome here with whatever you're carrying. Um, and it's finding spaces where you can be yourself. Right. Um, and have people speak truth to you. If you're surrounded with people who are only living into that hiddenness that you feel, then that's not healthy. Mm -hmm. And it's not a place where you can grow. Right. Um, which it's about setting boundaries. It's about finding people, um, your people which is tough. It's not an easy thing. Right. But once you find them, then you wonder how you get along without them. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, like in the old days of Methodism, the small group model was about people asking, how is it with your soul and holding you accountable and that kind of thing. We've shifted that a little bit. <clears throat> I think these days, you know, like 12 step groups kind of fill that role, um, on addiction, for example. Right. Um, but hopefully, you know, when you come, when you find a community of faith, I mean, so first show up in your relationship with God, pray, for sure. read the yes. Bible, meditation, whatever your spiritual disciplines are. Second, show up to, in the community of faith. And third, show up in a small group within the community of faith once you get, you know, settled and find your folk. And then hopefully those folks can help clarify your thinking on some things. Um, they can remind you of grace yeah. and remind you to be gracious to others. Um, 
And I just think that's a much healthier way to live than much of society lives. Uh, in Monday Morning Women's Bible Study, we're reading Anne Lamott's new book, uh, Dusk, Night, Dawn. Um, and in it, she talks about just how important it is to have those places where you can go and say, oh, I'm so tired. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. how heavy it is with my soul. Mm-hmm. And not having people who fix it, just who listen and be there. So that got our group uh, of women talking about why they show up to this study. Mm-hmm. And so we shared, and I got to hear all these amazing reasons that these women come every Monday to be with each other. Mm-hmm. And some of it was like, I just needed a place. I just needed somewhere to feel accepted. One was I kept walking by and hearing laughter. (laughs) And I was like, they can't really be doing a study. Uh, And then she came and she loves it. You know, like, so it's people taking chances, uh, but also stepping into their discomfort a little bit too. It's hard to show up. Yeah, it is. But the more you show up, the easier it becomes. Absolutely. Like any other habit. Yeah. And people start checking in on you. And don't we all need that? Yep. We certainly do. I love it. Okay. Anything else you left on the cutting room floor that you want to share with us? Oh, you know, I probably could have unpacked quite a bit. So she, I just kind of said this as a, as an aside that, um, like when you read about Stephanie Gretzinger, she's a preacher's kid. Okay. And I uh, know nothing about her. So she was, she was in Bethel music, which is, um, you know, more conservative for sure. Everything's father God. So, uh, it's not Father's Day; it's Mother's Day. So that's, I just kind of <laughs> said, well, "As a Methodist, you know, I I push that a little bit to parent or mother." Um, so I, we could probably we might could have talked about that a little bit more, but I didn't think it was necessary. It was a woman singing from the perspective of God, which I think is powerful. Right, and probably not something a lot of her people are used to. Right, <laughs> if or we any don't people, even certainly right, her people, yeah. yeah. I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> right. So another layer. Yeah, I'm I'm glad we got it to introduce people to. Um, a new song for the most, I'm guessing most people that's the first time they've heard that artist or that song. I agree. Um, and got to show off Paris a little bit. Yeah. And I really think that in your context in traditional worship, it is impactful to have a modern worship song yeah. that they may never hear. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if I was to do a modern worship song, they'd be like, okay, let's just sing that every right. week. Like we would just introduce it right. as part of the worship. So a traditional song you mean? No, I mean modern. modern. A new modern. Yeah, because we do hymns often. Right. right. So the, it goes the other way quite a bit. Yeah. It doesn't go, it doesn't, you know, traditional, yeah. modern worship in traditional, I mean, modern songs in traditional worship doesn't happen all that often, but not here anyway. No. There are times so. we'll have special printouts that are not like in a hymnal, mm. but often that they're not necessarily new. Right, right. Uh, new means like <laughs> 92. Yep, that's the line. <laughs> I was born by then, so it counts. Okay, Chris. All right, so there's a, a battle of the uh, artists going on this weekend. Yes, tell us more. Well, I feel like I feel like you threw a gauntlet down by picking the most famous band in history. The Beatles. Everybody come to Modern. You picked They're Johnny Cash, singing I Want to Hold Your though. Hand. You're going to love Stop. it. <laughs> I wish. Love that song. Do you really? So my That's dad a was a song. big Beatles guy. Okay. So those more that style of those songs is song. what I grew up mm. with. Um, the newer songs like Across the Universe and like, I don't come together. I feel like those are like a little more <laughs> right. unknown to me that I have learned since then. But mm. Yellow Submarine, my jam. <laughs> uh, are you are you saying what song you're doing or not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're doing Eleanor Rigby. Okay. And that's my favorite one, and it's Mason's favorite too. That's then it's got that has like a kind of depressing, borderline atheist, agnostic thing underneath. I mean, it, right? it talks about a priest. Very disparagingly. Yeah, well, because no one shows no up. No one's there. 
But he keeps Nobody doing. Cares he keeps doing God's work, people. even when no one shows up. Okay, and so I'm doing Johnny Cash, which is a big name. Johnny's awesome. You should have done Willie. Have you seen Walk the Line? Yeah, I have. Yeah. So okay. So in <laughs> <laughs> for this coming week, it's going to be McKenna and Brian. And tell us what song. I, it's, Do we know the song? No, it's a tease. Okay. Yeah, we're not like we're not having people oh, guess online. We're not. <laughs> right. Folsom Prison Blues are going to sing that as a duet. I wish. Okay, so <laughs> pick your favorite, Johnny Cash or the Beatles, for next Between week. the two? Yeah. Oh, you, are you asking well, me? Well, I'm asking the saying, people, okay. but also now you have to vote. Yeah. Oh, between the two? That's a really good question, actually. I like both a lot for different reasons. They're pretty different. Yep. But they don't have to choose. They can come to 945. Yeah, come to both. And then come to one. You could do that every week. That's We affirm that. Mm-hmm. We support it. Yeah. Stephanie takes us all on all kinds of rabbit trails You're as the co-host of Offscript, but it's been fun. <laughs> and we have one more to go after this? No, two more. Yeah, we're halfway through top of the charts. I can't believe it. I know. And then we take some time off for summer, but we'll talk about that mm-hmm. down the road. Yeah. And Reagan will be resurrected. And then Reagan comes back sometime in the August. I got to be the little baby. Did you? Little Morgan Mac. He's so sweet. Big Mac. Are they going to call him Big Mac? I didn't ask. Didn't come up, believe it or not. It's going to come up when I'm there. Yeah, I have no doubt. Did you whisper his true name to him so that he would know it? Kellyanne. <laughs> you are Kellyanne. That's a little creepy. Yeah, she left the room and that's what I kept whispering in his ear. Just say it over and over. He and smiled over. a little bit. He liked it. All right, you guys. Thanks for spending some time with us this week. And we'll be back next week with another episode of Offscript. God bless. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Offscript. It was hosted by Reverend Chris Dowd, produced by Ashley Danner as a part of the Christ United Podcast Ministries. You can visit cumc.com backslash podcasts in order to see all of the series we have available. Like, subscribe, and follow us so that you don't miss a single episode. Thank you for supporting us. Have a great week.